Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. Hey, it's Kevin Carton here, and welcome back to the Science and Spirituality Podcast. Today, we have a guest. Her name is Mac Brazina, and she is an integrative health coach who specializes in mental health and human consciousness. She is known as the human builder for her raw, noble, brain-centric approach to health, wellness, and personal development. She passionately believes in integrating science with candid human connection and mysticism, bridging the gaps between the questions that hold us back. And I got to just say that was her quick bio, but she is a firecracker. And I'm so thrilled that we had a conversation with her. It really illuminated my day as well as Chris's. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode and especially staying to the end because we got into some really interesting topics into spirituality, like the dark night of the soul. Uh, so I think that it would really resonate with you if you watched, listen to the end and hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon. So welcome back to the podcast, and we're looking forward to this conversation today with a special guest. Her name is Mac, as I introduced before, and you call yourself the human builder. I'm really yes, looking sorry. forward to hearing more about that. <laughs> um, so welcome to the podcast, and uh, tell us your story first, of like how you've gotten to this place in your life and the work yeah. that you do. Absolutely. Well, th first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I am a huge fan of what you guys do. I loved being able to share your wisdom and, and what you had to offer with your, specifically your, your podcast with Kristen Neff, uh, which was so validating as an individual, as a guide, as a coach that yes, you know, self-compassion really is the way to navigate these very rocky tides of development and evolution, which I believe is our human right. And, um, it's interesting when someone asks me to share my story and make it concise because there is no concise way to go of about course. it. But mm -hmm. the long and short of it is that I was a personal trainer for a long time and I got into personal training um, when I was in a very dark place in my life. Well, I, I really got into fitness in a really dark place and personal training was my way out. Um, and it started with me assistant coaching with boxing and MMA, which I loved. Um, and it was very empowering as a female to feel that level of warriorship and strength. Uh, but I was also going to college for communications because originally I thought I wanted to be on the news. I wanted to help rid of some ignorance in the world and oh, jokes on me. Uh, <laughs> then we had, you know, I have this lifelong passion of acting. I acted and did improv and theater for close to 11 years or more. And I love to tell stories. I love storytelling. That's what I fell in love with. And fitness came into my life as a modality of healing in its own right. And when people would come to me, I would get the most wild stories um, that I'm sure will come up later in, in our discussion, in our conversation. Um, that ranged everything from deep, deep, deep loss to severe trauma, to addiction, to mental illness, to all these things. And I, I really knew in my heart that getting into the fitness industry was not to be in fitness, but to help people do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And through a compassionate approach to nurture the humanness that is demanded of us. And um, I, I would tell my clients, you know, why are you here? 
and really ask them like, why are you here? Oh, I want to get fit. I feel fat. I'm like, that's great. Like, why are you actually here? And they would be like, well, you know, I've been through some shit. I'm like, oh, hi, me too. I, I understand. And in every session we would go through, you know, every session it would come up. Hey, there's only one hour in the gym. You know, even in a meditation practice or a regular yoga practice, you get one hour on the mat, one hour in your meditation. What are you doing with the other 23? How are you processing your wounds, your traumas, your fears, your doubts, your anxieties, your heartbreaks, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations, this whole spectrum of humanity. And with the loving support of my personal training clients at the time, as I was wrapping up my degree in media communications, now it took me because I, it's important to note too, that I have a firsthand experience with mental illness, uh, struggled with anxiety, depression, panic attacks my entire life. Um, but also have found myself through a hereditary and, uh, personal, uh, connection to a spiritual path and knowing that that metaphysical part, the things that we can't see is so, so important. And, um, it really is the the crux of it all. It's bridging that gap, as, as you say, between science and spirituality, between the brain and the body, between what it means to be human and what it means to be divine. And um, so I created the human builder, which started off as a joke because people would ask what I do. And I'd be like, oh, that's, that's a loaded question. Like, <laughs> I'm a coach sort of, oh, so like a life coach. Like, nope, nope, nope. Don't use that word. Don't know mm. what that means. I don't know anybody with a degree in life, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely not a life coach. Like I'm, I'm a guide. So yes. my position now as a human builder is to step in and help people remove those blocks that stand in the way, not only between them and their trauma processing, it's so really closing those neurological tabs, um, but allowing them to write a whole new narrative. And so ultimately what I found was as much as I loved acting out other people's stories and words, and as much as I loved giving a voice to those that needed their story shared through journalism, I find my passion, my, my personal purpose in life to help people write their stories, the ones that they came here to write, not the ones that they were um, bullied, proverbially bullied into believing was their story. The thing that most people believe is their story is really just a rough draft of a narrative. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not the final draft. It's not the final copy. And so my position is to help them scrap that, keep the good stuff, get rid of the stuff that they don't want anymore and write a narrative that is far more resonant with their authentic expression, not the one that they have cornered themselves into out of fear, trauma, mm -hmm. doubt, and insecurity. And so, do you still do that work through like physical training or is it now just, you kind of don't have that piece anymore and it's just- So I actually kind of, I've segued out of PT. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of people that I do it for personal training. Um, I love it. It's not where my heart's at anymore, mm. um, but it is still an integral process of my coaching method because mm. you can't have one without the other. You can't be fit and- omit your nutrition. You can't, you know, have just your nutrition and drop the mindset piece. So everything mm -hmm. that I do is founded and backed by the gut brain axis and the polyvagal theory, nice. um, which is all about vagal tonality. And, and you guys have discussed that pretty extensively on your podcast and past episodes, uh, which I was really excited to hear. So it's nice and validating. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, it's still in, in a essential piece of the puzzle, but it's not everything. I like to say yeah. that if, if your average trainer comes in and says, okay, the, the base of this pyramid is your fitness and your nutrition, and the very top tiniest part is your brain and your spirituality and your, and your creative expression, I invert that. 
where mm-hmm. I put your brain and your spirituality and and all of the essences of you as the foundation of this. And then we build on that foundation together one piece at a time in a way that authentically resonates with that individual, not what I think they should do as the coach. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. How long would you say it took you to really transition to the place you're on now? Like, obviously it's a lifetime, obviously it's the whole story of everything yeah. you just shared, but I'm just curious of like that, that point in which you started to realize that it's not just about the fitness. It's not just about the personal training, but it's so much more. And then how long it took you to go from that awareness to then where you are now, where that's your main work. Cause that's really inspiring. Absolutely. Oh my God. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I, I have always had a huge passion for the brain. I almost switched my degree to psychology. So it took me almost seven years to finish my college degree because of Mm. my panic attacks. I had to drop out for two years because I couldn't Mm -hmm. physically make it through it. I'm just not built for academia, but I'm a nerd. It's just, it's it's weird. (laughs) So you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, that neurodivergence does have some deliciousness to it. Uh, I was coaching in personal training for a few years, finishing my degree. And, um, the more I just pursued the exploration of my own passions of psychology and human behavior and human consciousness and my natural spiritual gifts and, and things of that nature, the more I just leaned into it, the more those blocks that I had created fell away. And it was like the path kind of presented itself. And Mm -hmm. it became this, not to sound Pollyannish, but almost like a non-negotiable Like I didn't have an option. Like this was the path. This is what I had to do. Mm -hmm. And every single day became about sitting with my own shadows and demons, befriending them and understanding them, seeking the lesson in absolutely everything that I was personally processing and then observing it and juxtaposing it with the information that I know to be true and the science that I knew to be true. And then really holding myself accountable to applying it. So it wasn't just a given amount of time, but a willingness to be consistent in the application of the information, mm-hmm. which is harder than anything. So yeah. I would say it probably took me about five years of coaching and finishing school and really getting clarity on that to take action. And then my objective, my goal was as soon as I crossed the graduation stage that I would be running my own business. So in that mm-hmm. last year of school, I was running a full-time personal training business solo and developing the online platform, which had begun just by me, because I'm a writer, just sharing my experiences and how they correlated with fitness. And I, I know I sent you guys my why. God bless you for reading mm-hmm. that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> if you did, <laughs> I know that's a little wordy. But, um, and then it, I, I really consulted each of my clients and said, you know, you are an essential stitching to this quilt. And I really care about what you have to say about this information. And I'm actually going to dinner with a couple of them on Saturday because we've become such close friends through this Mm -hmm. whole process. And, you know, this evolution experience, the shedding experience. So I'd say probably like five years between personal training and finishing school. And then we've been doing just solely online for almost four years now. Nice. And I, I believe in this approach more than anything I've ever done. Mm. because it removes the need for the individual to show up somewhere, whether it's therapy or a personal trainer, Mm -hmm. because personal trainers are therapists with better deltoids. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just like, uh, we live in a world where people are told that the answers are outside of them. And they're not. Mm -hmm. They just have to be placed in a position where they are safe enough 
open enough and vulnerable enough to remember that and take action on their own accord at their own pace at their own time. Mm -hmm. And the results I've seen from online clients to in-person are, there's no contest. Yeah. No contest. In, in working with clients, um, that process of, because growing up in like a Western society, I feel like we're indoctrinated with that healing is outside of you. You know, the medical system, we give medications and we don't really search inside for answers. When you're going through that process with your clients, what do you think was like the biggest barrier to them realizing that they had all of the answers inside of them? I don't know that there's one concise barrier hmm. because every person is different. The biggest theme that I noticed though is this lack of belief that they can do it. No, I've tried before and I failed. Oh, I did this one thing and I tried something different and I got shamed by my parent, my lover, a, a teacher, a, a fellow student. I'm just not going to try again. That feeling of shame, if we're looking at even the HeartMath Institute scale of, of vibrational frequency and emotional frequency, shame is at the lowest of that scale. And that's mm -hmm. heavy. Now, if you add in someone that already has a background or an, a consistent experience with mental illness or anxiety or depression or PTSD, which I deal with, daily with clients. We're not just saying, hey, you can do this. It's inside of you. We have to rewrite neural pathways. We have to change the way that the body communicates. We also have to establish a level of safety in the physical body that that individual doesn't have available to them before they can even really start applying this information. Mm -hmm. So I'd say the biggest block, that big first block, if we were thinking about it like a, like a gate to that true healing, processing, and rewriting. It's establishing safety and security and emotional expression and feeling into the physical body. Because when most people come to me, and, and these are coaches that will come to me, leaders in energy, people who are well-read in this information, that have gone to therapists, that have done the work to some degree or another, and they still can't turn that key. Mm -hmm. The missing link is that physiological tonality of safety that mm. connection between brain, heart, and physical body yeah, where the soul feels at home mm -hmm. rather than rejected and unwanted. What's one tool that you often share? Like I'm, I know, cause I, I do similar work is like, mm -hmm. there's, there's many, many ways yeah. of approaching this, but cause I I'm thinking for someone listening to this is like, makes sense. Like I'm thinking what they're thinking is like, probably like this makes sense. Got it. Like I want that what, what do I do? Like, how, like, what would you, yeah. what would you recommend as like a first step? First step for me is bringing awareness to breath. Mm. The breath is liquid. It, it should be liquid. Um, and when someone is caught in those expressions of anxiety, the first thing to go is breath followed by heart, followed by racing thoughts, right? 90% of our neurological signals are sent from the peripheral nervous system, your feeling centers up into the brain for cognitive labeling and then back down. But we're like, no, it's all up here. It's gotta be in the thought. That's what's important. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, the first tool is the practice of discernment. And the modality of that is being aware of the transitions and the changes and shifts in your breath. Mm -hmm. So um, I just had an introductory session with a client earlier this week, and we went through a micro guided meditation um, in which we experienced some box breathing. So four in, four hold and four out. So if you're listening to this, we can, I mean, if you guys are down, we can all just kind of like try it together. So if we inhale for four, you inhale one, two, three, 
for hold it in the belly as low as you can go, given that the sacral region is what holds a lot of our fears and insecurities, particularly around our creativity and that youthful, unfucked with inner child. So hold it in the belly. And then we breathe out through the mouth. One, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two. I don't care how busy the thoughts are. Four, hold, two, three, four. Blow them out. Two, three, four. Now, there are other ways that we can play with that um, through some neurolinguistic programming, things like that, where we can play with light and we can play with visualizations. And when I have, I get a lot of creatives that gravitate my way, uh, which I love because I love, Mm. love, 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 love a good creative brain. Um, And they have a lot more availability to the imagination than your average individual. So we'll play with light. We'll play with visualization. We'll play with um, creative meditation. But if we're just starting out, bringing an awareness to when you are not breathing and when you have ease and steadiness of breath is a great way to start separating those thoughts that you've become so attached to and go, oh, they're just, they're just passing by. Mm-hmm. Um, the asterisk and, and um, second part to that would be learning to observe your thoughts as though you're watching them walk by in a park rather than having to hold hands with them. So the metaphor I give with this is if you can literally imagine yourself sitting on a bench and you watch a couple walk by off in the distance, you're like, oh, that's a good looking couple. They look happy. I'm going to attach myself to that couple. And you walk up and you start holding hands with the other side of that couple. You're going to get punched in the face. Mm. Someone's not going to be too happy about that, right? Versus if you're sitting back and you look and you see someone walking their dog. I love dogs. My dog is sitting with me. And you say, excuse me, do you, do you mind if I pet your dog? You're like, yeah, dog's super friendly. What's his name? His name is Rover. I love the name Rover. What kind of dog is he? Oh, he's a golden retriever. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for letting me pet and engage with your dog in a healthy, distanced way. Have a great day. You sit back down on the bench. And you just continue watching the passersby. You know, sometimes thought gets so loud because of the energetic signals that it's attached to that it can really command attention and be hard to focus on a meditation or or a journal prompt or something like that because there's all of these other shoulds and anticipations that are uh, built up around it. And when we just connect to something so simple but so powerful, given that it is one of the few subconscious processes we actually have conscious control over. That also means that our subconscious processes of irrational thought or cyclical thought, um, anxiety responses are gonna naturally follow. Mm -hmm. So just breath and man, mix yourself a good playlist. Mm -hmm. Something that makes you feel good just because it makes you feel good. If it's Disney music, great. If it's death metal, great. Whatever it is, (laughs) as long as it makes you feel good, that's all that Mm -hmm. matters. Yeah, I love what you said there about um, breathing being a subconscious program that we can bring conscious. That's the way I actually like to explain the breath too. And that when breathing can be conscious, and when you're conscious about your breathing, it's like a direct connection to your autonomic nervous system, which then regulates, you know, through the vagus nerve, all of your internal organs and all of your internal processes. And then that feedback gets looped back up to the brain. And now you're in this positive feedback loop of like calm and like collectiveness. And I really liked your exercises as well too, because the key to all of that, the first step is awareness. Like if you're not aware that you're having these racing thoughts, or if you're not aware of how your breath is changing, you're not going to have the choice to change it. So like awareness breeds choice in these examples. So you need to be aware first. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that you said choice. I, I just love that that was the word that your heart gravitated towards because ultimately as guides, as coaches, that's our job. 
Our job is to provide an alternative choice. And for the average human being or, or even worse off, someone that has had extensive traumas in their life, they think that's the only choice. All they know how to do is function out of an autonomic response. That's it. Everything is super important. Everything is red tabbed as urgent and everything is a very real imminent threat to their physical, emotional and psychological well-being. And when we say, hey, just so you know, you have permission to choose something else. You can have another choice. It's earth shattering. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I don't have to live in this cycle of chaos and turmoil. I don't have to attach to negativity. Well, it's not even about negativity versus positivity. Um, but I can, I can break out of that cycle. I have the right to do that. Yes, you do. I feel the need to, to add this in here. You have permission to break the cycle, even if your family members have chosen not to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> say it again. Yeah. They, yeah. You need to say you that have permission again. to break. I'll say it again. You have permission <laughs> to break the cycle, even if your family members have chosen not to. 100%. Mm-hmm. So important. Especially because yeah. I love that. And I love how simple I was thinking of this literally the last five minutes is like how simple this is. And I say this at least a dozen times to my clients is that it, and in the length of our work together is transformation is simple. It's just not easy. Yep. It really is simple. And our mind intellect loves to complicate things. It's like, oh, it can't be that simple, but it really is when it comes down to this. And that's why it's so powerful to have a, a coach who is very skilled to help you break down these seemingly complex things into simple action steps. Like you yeah. just did. Amazing. And so it's the simplicity of that. That really is the key. Yeah. I think there was I another think, point I was going to make, but I forgot, but. <laughs> there's something so beautiful about simplicity. Mm. It, really, for real, you know, we're, we're coming into, especially as a millennial generation, there's a big movement towards the minimalist lifestyle, mm. right? Post COVID, we're, we're seeing a lot of people gravitate towards more minimal expressions and lifestyles and, and less consuming and more giving, more recycling of uh, clothes, of um discarded entities and things like that. But there is so much power in simplicity. And I think that people overcomplicate things to find greater reason. But I think that one of the most impactful and meaningful and wise things we can do is indulge in the simplicity and allow Mm -hmm. it to just be, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's something to be said for just taking a walk and going, wow, like the sun just rises and sets on its own. That's amazing. Wow. I, I get to just, my body is breathing and there's all these millions and billions of cells that are just working for me. That's, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And I think that a lot of people get caught up in that cataclysm of foresight, Mm -hmm. trying to rationalize what was and what will be, but never allowing themselves to just experience what is. Mm-hmm. And it's so underrated. <laughs> I call 100%. myself a recovering A-type. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's so much to be savored from not succumbing to the human doing, but allowing yourself to be a human being. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what you're here to do. You know, you're not here to live in the chaos and the tumult of your past narrative. You're here to live out your hero's journey, my mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. Once you are working with clients and, you know, you're starting to get some headway with them being able to, you know, relax and feel safe with you. 
what do you tell them in terms of rewriting a new narrative? Like, how do you go about that process of helping them with that? Or like, what questions do you ask? What process do you have them go through? Because I'm interested in that. The first thing I do is allow them to celebrate it. Mm, hell yeah. Point blank. Yeah. I allow them to soak it up. Um, I feel like in traditional therapy and traditional psychiatry, it's um, kind of this brushing off of, well, you should have done that already. And so here we are, you know, like I, I just got off a session prior to doing this and I, she hit a huge breakthrough, huge breakthrough of awareness and, and uh, self-sustainability. And when I noticed that headway and I, we hit that breakthrough point, that session is all about savoring and feeling into that breakthrough mm. because for that individual, when, and this is a little sidebar here, something in the spiritual community that really irks me is this need to just be love and light and just be positive. And, and, you mm. know, you just need to think positive and move positively. No, you don't. You're human. You're here to experience a lower vibrational reality. That's what the fuck you came here for. So you might as well allow it. But that also means for someone that is used to that, the lower vibrational experiences of fear, doubt, anxiety, shame, guilt, regret are going to be really loud when they come back, which means that the celebration of safety and clarity needs to be marginally louder mm. and that's that's truly the first thing i do mm -hmm. the second thing i do is ask them what's next i put it in their court i don't steer that ship for them that denies them their autonomy of their individual experience i say what's next for you what do you want to do next and generally it'll go into you know i really just i want to get this to be my new normal that's nine times out of ten what i hear from somebody i'm like sweet i'm good with that and then sometimes it's i really want to start that creative project i've been putting off so sometimes we'll use sessions to explore the creative project in the business building side of things when we have gotten the chaos and fear out of the way long enough to actually sit with it and not be inundated with shoulds. <laughs> um, but really, truly, that first thing is soaking it up, savoring it, making note of what it feels like. We'll go through a full body scan. I'll even guide them through a meditation. What does it feel like in your heart? What does it feel like in your belly? How does your pelvis feel? How does your back feel? Where are your shoulders? How does your jaw? Make note of this because you're going to need to find your way back. And then we'll start navigating towards steps and, and practices that facilitate this way of being rather than default into our more mm -hmm. reactive processes. Yeah. Cause I'm sure, I mean, I felt this way when I feel like I have a breakthrough or I get super excited about something, there's like a pull back to the familiar. It's like my nervous system hasn't mm -hmm. integrated that new experience yet. And so it wants to bring myself back down to how I'm feeling. And so I love what you said about kind of remembering how your body felt in certain things, because the body is super powerful. Like, like you said, it sends more information up to the brain than the brain sends down, which again, I can't believe that that's, that, that fact isn't talked about more. I know. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like, are you kidding me? Like really? And then, because we, we focus so much on the brain, it's like our brain focuses so much on the brain, but the body has this whole, like the body has a subconscious mind. Like that's really yeah. what's in charge. So being able to feel into that is super powerful and it actually works a lot better for a lot of people like breathing into that, like that, mm -hmm. the heart space and everything, because they've spent so much time in their heads and they've tried to already work their way out by thinking about this and thinking about this. And like you said, they might feel like there is no way out, but dropping back down into the body, it's like, there's like an internal knowing that things are going to be okay. Or there's an internal knowing that you can get through this. And, um, it reminds me of like, uh, when I work with people as an acupuncturist and I'm doing treatments on them, I'm, 
I don't know exactly like how the healing is going to come about. I just know that I'm doing a little tweaks on their nervous system with the needles so that it puts their body in the best position to heal. And people love hearing that because that's actually what's happening. It's like the medicine is inside of your body. Like everything that yes. you need is available to you. There's just some things that are blocking it. And so when we work through that, your body's going to heal itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because there are so many coaches in fitness and wellness and spirituality and, and, you know, the coaching field has exploded, which is a beautiful thing, but there's so many people that identify as healer. Any real healer knows that they are not the one that does the healing mm -hmm. period. And, it, it, and I just got lightheaded as I said that. Yeah. Any real healer knows that they are not the one doing the healing. They are the one facilitating and holding the space to guide that individual through the transmutation process of whatever it is that they are going through, whether it's a physical ailment, a psychological ailment, a spiritual blockage. Um, you know, I was, I was in a personal training session the other day and I had to remind my client that um, just one of my, my dudes, I was like, Hey, you know, I know that your brain is really loud and you spend a lot of time up here. Like, so it makes sense that you feel pretty top heavy, but just so you know, you're built from the ground up. Homo erectus. It's not homo, homo brainus, homo erectus. <laughs> you are, you are built from your feet up. And that means that if you are disconnected from below the neck, then you're literally functioning upside down. Mm -hmm. Your entire body flows from your feet through your legs, and which is why in a lot of guided meditations, especially with hypnotherapy, um, they, they begin with a rooting process. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm guiding through hypnotherapy, I'll, I'll do a a rooting before we even explore what's happening up there. You have to bring them back down into where they belong. And I love that you said um, there's an inner knowing that knowing is the story that you wrote before you got here. Mm. And all of the, the trials and the tribulations and the traumas and the struggles and the fears and the anxieties and the broken hearts and all of these things were the lessons that your soul really did make an agreement with your physical being to say, all right, I could totally stay up in this space of love and light. I really could, but I need to evolve. So I'm going to make an agreement with you, physical body, lower vibe individual. We're going to do this together and you're going to learn how to ascend. And I'm going to learn what it's like to transmute these experiences into something valuable, meaningful, that's going to feed the collective and nourish my soul and allow me to evolve. But we have to do this together. We have to work together. And that knowing is the guidance and the, the rhythm and the, the roadmap of what you came here to do. You know, you don't go to Disneyland and say, I'm going to follow this map exactly as it's written. I'm going to go from the right to Tomorrowland and then I'm just going to wait. No, you don't do that. You say, man, is that a giant turkey leg? Is that a show I want to see? Maybe I'm going to go get some ears, right? We're allowed to deter. It is not a linear path. We're allowed to fuck up. We're allowed to be hurt. We're allowed to feel sadness. These are all of the things that we came here to learn and grow through. That's mm -hmm. what we're here for, you know? But if we deny that knowing and we deny the story that we wrote here, then we're busy trying to write somebody else's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you speak more to that spiritual aspect of it? Because especially mm -hmm. with this podcast, Science and Spirituality, I'm, uh, we've said this before, but Chris is more of the science. I'm more of the spirituality. So that's where I, I want to lead there. So like the soul, cause I really feel mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying is that we're, we're here mm -hmm. for a reason. Like there's, there's a divine purpose for each yes. of our lives. So 
I, I actually don't even think I can't even like formulate a question because I just want to hear more of like your perspective, like your experience, yeah. maybe in your own life with people you work with, what you've seen, like what do you believe around that? Because I think that's really important and needs Absolutely. to be shared more. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that because that's really where my heart is. Um, mm. I'm, I tell people I'm a card carrying flag toting mystic. Um, so I am an intuitive reader. I'm also a practicing medium. Um, which I don't talk about often. That's the first time I've ever said that on a podcast. And mm. um, because I, I really respect the gift itself and I respect the healing properties of it and strictly limit it to that. I could mm. very well, you know, come out and be one of these readers that is on, you know, just doing readings and, and all this stuff and telling people what they should and should not be afraid of and, yep. you know, telling the future and fortune telling. That's not what it's for. Yep. There, there is no future. It doesn't exist you have now, that's it. And then you have some illusion of the past that has created your now. Mm -hmm. um, so as a mystic, the, I, and I was reading about this uh, a couple of weeks ago and it's really stuck with me and I've brought it into sessions too about the lower middle and higher self. In the spiritual community, you hear a lot of, listen to your higher self. You gotta be your higher self. And you gotta, I am my higher self. No, your higher self is you. It's you in a, in a wiser, unfucked with incarnation. It is you. So is your lower self. The lower self is the physical, sensory, human side of you, which from a soul level, and I feel this from my heart, is the most beautiful part of you. Because that is the vessel by which your soul can speak and move about this world. So if you think about the lower self and its karmic agreement, these entities exist on the other side, however you choose to resonate with that. I have clients from all different spiritual backgrounds, all different religious backgrounds. On the other side, you have your lower, your middle, and your higher that all exist independent. The lower self says, I want to I want to grow more and learn how to love more. I want to learn how to connect to unity consciousness. I want to learn how to be part of something bigger than myself. I want to understand that my pain has purpose. The middle self is our more abstract autopilot thinking self where these two relatively integrate with very little interference, right? So this is your, uh, for lack of a better term, a more autonomic expression of your physical and soul. So the, the conscious being that is you and the subconscious infinite limitless version of you. And then you have the higher self who says, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not dead yet. I got more work to do. I have more lessons to learn. And so the higher self meets up with lower self, lower self meets up with higher self and they meet up in the middle self and say, we're gonna incarnate together. We're gonna do this as a team. I love you. Lower self goes, I love you too. And if you have ever, I don't, every human being has experienced this. It's not even a question. If you can bring yourself back to that point in time in which you felt that your body hated you, mm. resented you, in which you didn't feel safe in your own physical being because other people told you it wasn't enough or like you weren't big enough, strong enough, smart enough to do what you do or to be who you are. You didn't fit the mold enough. And then you juxtapose that with this beautiful expression of agreement. What a denial of your authenticity and your autonomy in this world. And when they come together and they shake hands, that's, that's when alignment happens. Mm. Alignment is not 
solely living in the higher self. It's allowing the higher self to be fully present and grounded in your sensory reality. And then allowing the grounded human expression to see the interconnectedness from a total present perspective. That's when magic happens. That's when we sit and go, wow, is everything happening for me? This is crazy, right? You know, those beautiful moments of synchronicity and serendipity where you're like, this is what life's about. Yeah. For me, this, as a person, I was at a point prior to my own, I'm putting an air quotes awakening because I think that term gets thrown around way too much. It really should be called a remembering. It's Mm, really an awakening. It's Mm -hmm. a remembering. (laughs) Um, Where I was at a point of needing to get in the driver's seat and stop living on autopilot. And I didn't really have an authentic belief that I could anchor to. It's also just parlaying this into science for a sec. In order for us to rewrite a neural pathway, there has to be something of grounded, authentic resonance, mm-hmm. meaning that it vibrates with us on a personal level in the heart um, that allows us to say, okay, this is truth to me. I can resonate with this as truth. Not, not another lie, not another doubt, because fear will always be louder, mm. but it can't be louder than resonance of truth. So I didn't have anything like that. I didn't have, I am worthy. I am abundant. Like that TikTok song, I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am like, I am that bitch. I was like, I don't know who I am, but I'm working on figuring it out. (laughs) And so I uh, personified creative brain, personified my depression as dementors because that's what they felt like to me. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Love Harry Potter. And I love it. I love Harry Potter. And I did not know until later in my journey that JK Rowling had created the Dementors as her personification of her own battles with depression and anxiety. Wow. I did not know I had that no either. idea. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. So I didn't really have a Patronus yet that came later, but I did have a belief that there was magic. I just, be- I believe in magic. Mm. So I'd feel them come around and I would like roll down my window in the car and I'd go, you're not allowed here. Get out, get out. I believe in magic. Ninu, ninu. You're not allowed here. And that's what I stuck with until I could find something else that was tr- of true resonance. Yeah. And then, and then those statements got broader and they got more real and they got louder and they got um, clearer mm-hmm. as my truth became clear. But if we're really talking to someone who's really stuck in those shadows and all you got to do is light up a little tea light, that's it going to disperse all the darkness around it it doesn't have to be a spotlight you just need a tea light yeah you can navigate your way through the shadows in that way and Mm. in many ways i feel like my role as a guide not just as a human being but as a guide is to be so acquainted with my shadows and the underworld of the human experience that i venture into them daily going guiding with a lantern and maybe a flashlight you know, maybe a Patronus here or there, depending. Mm-hmm. And guide each individual through that underworld to show them that there is a way out. There is a way to do that. But I'm never walking in front of them. I'm never walking behind them and pushing them into the darkness by themselves. Yep. Right alongside them. The mm-hmm. other way I explain this is, um, you know, like going into a haunted house. Your higher self knows that you're fine. Yeah. Lower self is like, let's yeah. get scared. Right. Yeah. Let's do this. 
<laughs> but then that middle self is like, yo, there might be someone that's going to jump out at me at one of these corners. <laughs> you go through the haunted house enough, you're going to learn where all of the nooks and crannies are and where all the scare yeah. actors are and all that. And then it becomes fun and enjoyable for all parties involved. And I feel like really spiritually that that's the objective. For sure. That actually reminds me of, um, speaking of a haunted house, I went through a haunted penitentiary in Philadelphia once. Um, and there was like all these actors and actresses and whatever. Um, and it was, didn't actually connect with me just until this moment, the way you describe of like, like, you know, you're going to be okay. Like I wasn't scared. Like I was with my friends and like, we were just going there for fun, but out of nowhere, this little girl, I kid you not, like maybe <laughs> three to four feet tall, just comes out of nowhere and latches onto my arm and walks with me for the next like 10 minutes. Oh. At first I w- and she was like all like dressed and like look like you know like a like a mummy and just like mm-hmm. like really scary like and I was like oh like she was definitely an actress but I I was actually like really enjoying it. I was like oh my at first I was kind of like shocked just because she grabbed me but yeah. then like we just walked along like yeah. it was fine. Like yeah. that's <laughs> I feel all like it that's is. What we're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Like walking with your shadows. Yeah, that's it. That's literally it. That's literally it. And all a shadow or a demon or a dementor, however you choose to, you know, articulate those darker aspects of the human experience, all they're ever looking for is a bit of compassion. Mm. Yep. That's it. That's it. I have banished so many demons (laughs) out of my house for other people, for my family. Yo, all they're ever looking for is... Hey, I understand that you're scared. You're allowed to be scared. Life is fucking scary. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you if you want to talk. Yeah. Takes all the power away. Yep. It all the ah, yeah it all away. That also reminds me of another, uh, just some teaching, some mystical teaching back. Uh, I think this is like 1200s. Um, I think it was from St. John of the Cross, uh, but it was, it was called the Dark Night of the Soul which many people know that term, but that was like, I mean, centuries ago of that writing. Mm -hmm. And in that writing, there's a line. It says, yea, that I walk through the valley or the shadow of the valley of death. Yep. Like there's some key words there. It's like, it's a shadow. It's not actually real. Like just Mm -hmm. as like the shadow that we see of ourselves from the sun, like that's not real. It's not who we are. It's there. It's a shadow. And then what is the valley of death? And you're walking through it. You don't pitch Mm -hmm. a tent there. You're Mm -hmm. going through it. And you learn so Notice much from it. It's a valley and not a cave. Yep. Or at least that's what I remember from it yeah. when I read it. But yeah. 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 No, that's what I'm saying. That it's a valley. Oh, There's okay. an opening. Mm. There's an opening. Yeah. You're not caved in. You are not yeah. stuck. There are not stalagmites and stalactites obstructing your path. It's just a little bit lower than the rest of the world. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. It's, I love that you bring that up. That's so important. Mm-hmm. I think it connects with everything we've been talking about today as well, because like, I mean, one aspect is obviously like the science of it and like how our brain works, how our body works. But I, I think it at a deeper, deeper level, I mean, cause you even mentioned just like before is that we have this story to live out this narrative, like that was here and we chose before we even were born. That's, so that's before our physiology and our brain, yeah. you know, like the, the, the physical body in the brain is a, a manifestation or incarnation as you used before of what we're here to do, what we're here to live out, which is also so beautiful. It's to speak to that. What we were talking about before is how we have everything we need within us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it's, it's also important to note that those people that harmed you the most, who I feel this in my soul, either one of you needs to hear this or, or someone listening is going to end up really neat. I feel it in my soul. The people that hurt you the most loved you the most on the other side because they agreed to teach you the lessons that were going to transform you forever. The people that hurt you the most are the ones that loved you the most because they were going to teach you the lessons that were going to transform you in the way you see the world forever. Mm -hmm. And yet we look at them as these blotches on our rough draft. How dare you blot my draft? Yep. No, they love you. Yeah. That reminds me of a healing, um, mantra or it's a, it's a prayer really. Uh, the whole Ponopono prayer, if you're familiar with that. So it's a, it's a Hawaiian practice of forgiveness and it's toward someone that has hurt you. The words, there's four sentences, very simple is I am sorry, please forgive me. Mm. I love you. Thank you. Mm. Like that fits so beautifully well with what you just said. Mm. That's delicious. <laughs> I'm just soaking on that for a second. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, we can go through, I mean, I guess really the question is how do you want to spend your time here? Do you want to spend it in regret, remorse, shame, anger and fatigue, but do you want to make magic happen? Mm-hmm. You can play with some alchemy. Yep. Funny is, uh, just as you were saying that I'm drinking this bubbly, this caffeinated bubbly drink on the side. I always love these drinks because they have like a little message on the side. It says, <laughs> it says ready when you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Spirit. Damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I mean, I've had this can right next to me this entire podcast, and it wasn't until just now that I saw that message. It's never an Maybe accident. More. Yeah. It's yeah. never an accident. It's just, yep. And that's that's really it, you know. If we want to bring in the conversation of guardians and ancestors and guides, you know, my, one of my favorite questions that I ask a client, especially when they are kind of frozen, is if you knew you would be supported, what would you do? If you knew that you would be caught when you took the leap, what would you do? Mm -hmm. Would you still be at that bogus job that you're doing just because you think you should? Would you still be in an unfulfilling relationship that doesn't know how to respect or honor your growth or your choices? Would you still be doing X, Y, or Z? Would you still be doing that workout that you know you don't actually like, but you saw it on the internet once and you feel like you should, but your knees kind of hurt? Like, what would you do? Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is, anytime you listen to the, the soft truth, the whisper, you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. If you're reacting out of fear, you're going to end up cycling through it all over again. Yeah. But if you quiet everything, just through three, four breaths, that's it. What actually feels right to me? That is such a difficult question for the average human being to answer. What mm-hmm. does it feel like? I can't tell you how many times I get, I don't know. And I have to go, yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I don't know. It's not allowed in this space. In this Mm -hmm. hour of time, you do know. Yep. So what does it feel like? I don't, I don't know. Heavy. Okay, good. 
go a layer Dark. deeper. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, like the color brown. Okay, go a layer deeper. Where is it coming from? And the next thing you know, it's like, well, this one time when I was eight years old. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Sparks from there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, hey, I, I know we're running out of time because I know Chris has got to get going soon. But um, is there any final message that you would have loved to share with someone listening to this episode? Any, anything, literally anything that you want to close this out with? You have permission for a rewrite. Mm. If not now, when? And if not you, then whom? That's a quote. I can't take credit for that. Yeah. If not now, when? And if not you, whom? Hmm. That reminds me of a, a motivational video that's like on YouTube from uh, Jim Rohn, who's a speaker uh, and teacher for decades. He's gone now. Um, but he, he'd said, it's like, why not you? And yeah. you, you got to stay here until you go. Mm-hmm. What, what else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and, and to, to that point really quick and, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up, um, my, my greater why, my reason for getting out of bed every morning is to not only provide this information and these, these resources to people that were very much so in the darkness of my past self, mm. um, but really understanding how this is going to get really heavy for a second. I apologize. Um, how suicide can sound like a really real option at certain points, especially Mm -hmm. if you are going through a awakening slash remembering experience and juxtaposing that with the heaviness of the human experience, it can, you could feel like you want to crawl out of your skin. Mm -hmm. Clocking out early is not an option. Mm. It's part of the journey Mm -hmm. period. It's if you are in the depth of the darkness, it's because you have the strength to get out of it. So just know that, um, to anybody listening that has been in that space, uh, not only are there brighter days ahead, but this is going to be such an important part of your story when you share it on a big stage someday. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I get it from a personal level. Um, I understand. And there is nothing that an individual human being with a will and a want can't handle. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Facts. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So where can people find you want to, who want to connect with you? Uh, obviously we, you know, you mentioned about coaching and like yeah. you, know, you work with clients. So yeah. How can people connect with you and absolutely love to share? Absolutely. Um, I am on Instagram. Go ahead and follow me on the interworld at the underscore human underscore builder. You can also check out the website, humanbuilder.com. Um, we are launching our second round of masterclass, which is really exciting. So it's a 12 week deep dive into the brain body connection. Um, and I do have a few coaching spots available. And if you are curious about that, not only will I give you half off your first month because duh. Um, but all you got to do is send me a DM, send me a DM on Instagram. We'll work something out, get a mini session going and see if it even makes sense for you. Um, But know that asking for help doesn't make you weak. It is Mm. actually probably one of the smartest and most intelligent things you can do because nobody is here to do it alone. We are a tribal species, (laughs) which means that we need community to make it through, you know? And all that matters is that you find a guide that truly and authentically resonates with you. And if that's me, I'd be honored. There we go. Awesome. 
All right. Thank you again, Mac. It was amazing having you here. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just lucky to be able to do this with you guys and really, really respect what y'all do. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.